You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Today in studio with me, I have David Donaldson and Michael Daly from the Atlanta Healing Center. Welcome, guys. Hi, Susan. Hello. Thank you. So we certainly know here in Atlanta that we're officially in the middle of the summer. My car temperature was reading 100 degrees as I was driving into the studio today. And um, as we think about the kickoff with uh, Memorial Day last weekend, most of us are looking forward to spending time on vacation, going to parties, being with families and friends. And I know as a mom, I'm often thinking about things like, do we have sunscreen? Do we have bug spray? How many Band-Aids do we have? How are we going to keep the food cool enough so that we are not giving food poisoning to everybody. But uh, I think that there are some other safety tips that we really need to talk about in terms of how to keep our summer safe. So that's the topic that we want to talk about today. Very good. How to keep safe. So officially, the, the 100 days of summer start at Memorial Day and they go through Labor Day. And so now that we've just passed Memorial Day, um, the thought I think I'm going to just go ahead and throw out there and share. Okay. 25 years ago, our co-host, Michael Daly, moved to Atlanta, and we had 60 straight days of rain that year. <laughs> I think it was 78. 78 straight days of rain. We're not getting that this year. Not this year. This year, it's all no, heat. No rain in sight. None at all. So this is a 25-year anniversary for Michael Daly in Atlanta. And yesterday, a shout-out to our friend Esra, who got 13 years of recovery. Yes. Um, so we're very happy to celebrate for her. So this is a big time for a lot of people. And interestingly that you mentioned moving, yes, I was aware of how many moving vans, the U-Haul rental trucks, were going steadily up and down the highways. And, um, again, we think about how do we prepare for that, but our, our patients in particular, but everybody in general, I think, can benefit from the tips that we're going to talk about today. The first thing I think we need to talk about are the four drugs or classes of drugs that you need to be extremely careful with when it is hot outside and it is summertime. And these four drugs, the first one is probably pretty obvious, and that's alcohol. Alcohol is a big problem for many, many reasons when it's hot, uh, not the least of which is people really think about drinking a lot when it is hot. Absolutely. People think about getting out and having a beer, and they think about having that chance to get together with friends and just have a cold one and relax, and they don't think about all the, the potential dangers that are out there. Um, part of the weekend we were up at the lake, and so... at, at lakes i guess across the country and definitely here in georgia when people are out on the lake they are drinking a lot of alcohol um and and there's a lot of dangers innately just as a part of that when you're mixing alcohol and water activities um the drivers of boats losing their direction running over skiers um people getting confused when they're swimming and and um the i read a stat i think it was 60 percent of Water-related summer deaths are 
contributed to alcohol. Right. Pretty high number. It's a pretty high number. And alcohol is particularly risky for a number of reasons. The first one is the effect that it has on your brain. Our pituitary gland secretes something called the antidiuretic um, hormone, and alcohol has a direct effect on that, resulting in us losing more fluid than we take in. People think that they may be hydrating themselves because, as you say, a cold beer tastes really nice on a very hot day. But the reality is is it is not a fluid replacement. Rule number one, do not think of alcohol as adding to your fluids for the day. Quite the opposite. In fact, it's causing you to lose more fluid than you take on. That must be why you're so thirsty the next following day. (laughs) Exactly, because you can become very dehydrated. The second problem with alcohol is what it does to your blood vessels and your ability to um, actually cool yourself off. So one of the things that happens is it causes dilation of the peripheral blood. So you often see people, when they've been drinking, even when it's freezing cold outside, their face get red. And part of that is because the small blood vessels in their face, particularly in their nose, really dilate. And um, we often talk about chronic drinkers having um, the nose for it. And uh, part of it is that they get a lot of dilation in their nose and the blood vessels of their nose and their face. And so their cheeks often appear red. Their nose often appears red. But it causes dilation. So you have hard time maintaining your body temperature. And this is bad if you're in the sun. You're going to sweat going to lose more fluid, you're drinking alcohol, going to lose more fluid. But if you're swimming, this is really dangerous because often the water is colder than the ambient temperature and the water feels cold anyway. It can You can lose so much body temperature into the water. You can find yourself with blue lips and chattering teeth very quickly, and you can actually get hypo, hypo meaning low <coughs> thermia. You can actually be boiling hot outside, but you uh, can't regulate your core body temperature, and you can um, get... Uh, Hypothermia in the middle of summer... Swimming in the lakes. Swimming in the wet lakes. And not because the water, just because the water's cold. Right, but because you have um, messed up your body's... uh, Ability to judge the temperature. And to regulate it. And and, regulate the temperature. And to keep the temperature inside the core part of your body. All the blood vessels are dilating. It's going out to your arms and legs. We see this um, being very dangerous, too, in the wintertime. When when we lived up in Canada, we had uh, people out ice fishing and people playing hockey and... Walking to work. Walking to work. We froze our hineys off walking to work. But if you're drinking, that same vasodilation takes all the blood flow out to your arms and legs. So people feel like they've gotten warmer by drinking alcohol. But in fact, they've decreased their body's ability to keep their core body temperature regulated. And that can hasten freezing to death. So it's just a bad idea to combine alcohol with extreme 
temperature changes. But this time of year, be very, very careful. We're going to talk a little bit more specifically about alcohol in a few minutes. Um, the other, um, the other drug, one of the other drugs that is difficult and dangerous, especially in high temperatures, is cocaine. And cocaine is um, one of the things that we see, well, we're seeing this anyway, an increase in cocaine-related deaths in general. But we always note that in the summertime, there's a greater increase in cocaine-related deaths. And (coughs) this, again, has... um, is caused by cocaine speeding everything up in your body. Your heart rate, your body temperature, your blood pressure all go up. And when you're making this um, incredible demand on your body systems and it's hot outside, you may really have difficulty regulating um, your body temperature again, which increases your risk of seizures related to cocaine, strokes, heart attacks, and death related to cocaine. So don't use cocaine if you are really hot and it's out and you're outside. So not to be confused, we're not recommending that you ever use cocaine. Correct. Thank you. But it is more dangerous in the summertime than at other times of the year. <laughs> and the heat-related deaths are a big part of why we see increased death rates from cocaine in the summertime. So um, in that same vein, MDMA. MDMA, many people think of this as the love drug, the drug that you take that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, like everybody around you, feel um, happy and joyous. Also called ecstasy or molly. Correct. What most people don't realize is that this is a stimulant, just like cocaine's a stimulant, MDMA is a stimulant, and in hot weather especially, there's a risk of dehydration, heat stroke, and heat-related injuries and death. This is um, really interesting because we know that the most common place this is used, uh, well, not most common, but a common place that it's used is at a rave where people are dancing. There they do their best, I guess, to try and make sure that people are well hydrated, but um, it is still dangerous to be overheating your body and if ecstasy is moving you to dance and jump around and be active and it's really hot outside you can really dehydrate very quickly so that is a scary one and many people don't realize that ecstasy or molly or mdma is actually a stimulant because it doesn't necessarily make them feel rushed rushed like (laughs) a stimulant um which is our fourth Um, medication or drug that should not be used or used very cautiously in the heat of summer, and that's uh, amphetamines. So people using methamphetamine, people using crack or crank or some of the other stimulants, but parents need to be very aware that if their child is on medication for ADHD, 
This is also a risk for them mm-hmm. because these kids can overheat. It does increase their blood pressure, their heart rate, and their body temperature and can create for them um, a greater tendency towards um, having um, elevated body temperature and risk from, uh, from heat stroke. And so in particular, if they're involved in summer sports, like soccer and, and baseball and football, that they need to be really regulated for their temperature and making sure they're drinking lots and lots of water. Exactly. And all of these are terribly dangerous if they're mixed together or shared with alcohol. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about six tips for safe drinking. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Today, Michael Daly and David Donaldson and I are in studio, and we're talking about how to keep your summer fun and safe. And we are going to talk in this segment about uh, six tips for safe drinking. Um, David, you had a comment when I announced that at the end of the last segment. I I was just saying, I imagine there's not a single person who ever thought they would hear you say those words on this show. (laughs) And certainly not any of us three. (laughs) And for none of us, correct. So, yes. Uh, So while our patients need to not use alcohol in any shape or form, that includes 
regular alcohol, that includes kombucha, that includes powdered alcohol. Alcohol is off limits in any form or fashion for people who have the disease of addiction, even if alcohol is not their particular dopamine releaser of choice. But there are people, we hope, that are also listeners who may not have the disease, but may want to um, think a little bit more about how to safely use alcohol or serve alcohol to their guests. So I broadened the scope of the show a little bit. For this one segment. (laughs) For this one segment, this once today. Um, And I guess since... since the, the statistics for alcoholism is somewhere between 7 and 10%. There's 90% of the population who probably need this information. Who can use this information. And even if you have the disease of addiction uh, <coughs> and you happen to be safe and your sponsor is okay with it and you have discussed this with your addiction uh, health care providers, um, you may be hosting a party yourself uh, where alcohol may be served or you may be observing people with alcohol um, use. I'm, I'm thinking of weddings that you may have to go to, Fourth of July parties, other kinds of activities where you may be either a host or a participant. Even if you're not drinking, it would be helpful for you to know. And, and there's a lot of people out, out there that are hosts for events with alcohol, maybe not necessarily personal, but because of their business, they right. are required, I guess, to um, to include alcohol in a lot of the events that mm-hmm. they, they do. So if you're around people who are drinking, or if you happen to be in the percentage of the population that gets to drink, Correct. here's six tips here's six to keep tips. it safe in the summertime. <laughs> so first, we've already talked about it, but the importance of being hydrated. Because alcohol is a um, has a chemical reaction with your brain to cause you to become dehydrated, it is really important that you replace the amount of alcohol you're drinking plus using free water. Iced tea, sodas, other kinds of things can replace some fluids for you, but really the best, the very best replacement is water. And the uh, rule of thumb for many people to think about is a glass of water when you begin your festivities and at least a glass of water for every regular standard size drink that you're drinking. Because uh, you need to be replacing that that free water um, with water. Water's our best thing. So be hydrated. Hydrate often, and at least once um, once for every um, glass or alcoholic drink that you drink. Um, you know, just in terms of becoming dehydrated, it it can be subtle. People can think that they're hot, but then they can also start showing signs of confusion. Mm -hmm. If you're around them and they're starting to not make sense or they're starting to look like they're stumbling or something, it could be heat exhaustion or it could be dehydration. And in either case, they need to sit down and have water. And it could be inebriation. (laughs) And it could be inebriation. (laughs) And it could be that you've had too much. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting 
that by the time you're thirsty, that you feel like, oh, I need a drink of water, I'm really thirsty, you're probably already dehydrated in the summertime. So you cannot wait for your body's feeling of thirst to be your signal that you need to have something, some water to drink. That's almost too late. You need to really, I can't stress this enough, you need to really be hydrated, especially if you're active, you're um, hiking, you're boating, you're um, playing sports of any kind. You need to be sure in the summertime with this heat that you are rehydrated, and especially if you're using alcohol. So our next tip is number two, pace yourself. One of the things that I notice that's different about summertime drinking is that it often is daytime drinking. The barbecue starts at lunch. Um, the boating outing starts at you know in the morning. People are headed out fishing early in the morning, and often the consumption of alcohol can go all day long and into the evening. And this is a little bit different than most people's usual drinking patterns. Mm-hmm. When we talk to our patients, they usually drink in the, at least in the beginning, they start drinking in the evening when they get home from work. They might go out to dinner on the weekends. They might have a drink with brunch on the weekends. But for the most part, people don't tend to drink all day except if they're doing some outside activities like playing golf or other kinds of um, events that happen in the summer, in the heat. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because on that pace yourself, that's one of the problems that alcoholics have is they cannot pace themselves. <laughs> right. So um, that's that's just a general um, uh, clear reason that alcoholics can't. Yeah, the rest can't. Of this list. Yeah, the, the whole rest of this list is sort of but it's, it's helpful for listeners that are going to be around alcoholics, I guess. Right. <laughs> to begin to be able to pick them out of the group, um, <laughs> those folks that can't pace themselves. Um, and the other is to really know your limits. I think most people have an idea about how many drinks it takes for them to become impaired or to feel buzzed or to be neurologically compromised. Um, that It doesn't matter if... If you're drinking over a 12-hour period of time or a three-hour period of time, your limit's your limit, and you need to be really careful Mm -hmm. with that. So know your limits and be um, aware of what they are. And a recall for all of our folks who are alumni of the Atlanta Healing Center or anyone else with the disease of addiction, your limit is zero. But I would add on that one that that not only know your limits, but also respect other people's limits. Correct. Because there are people who are truly going to stop after one or stop after two, and there's other people who are going to say, oh, come on, you can have another. They probably need to come to the program. But (laughs) being able to respect that people... Have a limit and have set it. Mm -hmm. And have set it. And also uh, recognizing that for anybody, alcohol, 
will impair your judgment. And so suddenly you, the weekend warrior who does rarely works out and now decides to engage in high high octane, high contact volleyball or something like this, um, now that you're under the influence of alcohol, you may find that your risk-taking behavior, your good judgment about, you know, I'm 110 and it's 120 degrees out here and I haven't worked out in years and now I think I'm going to take on these 20-something-year-olds in a brisk game of basketball outside and on the driveway, you need to be careful. Mm -hmm. Know your limits that way, too. Not just your drinking limits, but your physical limits. And be really careful about pushing yourself. That's a really good point. I actually, as you were talking about that, was thinking about this one person that I'd worked with that could not say no to his children when they wanted to play. And this per- particular person had pain issues and would play with the kids and then would be in just miserable pain. And, and that same sort of scenario of being able to know for this person the, the limit is, no, I can't get down and play with a five-year-old like I'm a five-year-old. Right. I can throw you the ball, but I can't go chase it or tackle And you. I can watch from the side and cheer you on. Correct. Um, remembering that, particularly with alcohol, number three, that it um, it is very likely that uh, if you've had something to drink, you're going to misjudge distances, and you're not going to be as coordinated as you normally would be. Even if you're a well-trained athlete and a well-conditioned person, you are going to maybe not be as accurate (laughs) at anticipating where that ball is coming down. You may not understand how far it is for you to swim out to that dock. You may you may not be able to be um, as smart about engaging in activities as you would be if you had not had something to drink. Well and I think it's interesting that um, talking about this kind of thing because I'm thinking about sports that you you know, drink. Um, golf is one of those sports where you know the golf, the beer, the beer person comes driving around, you know, offering a beverage, a cold beverage on every hole, basically. Right. And and you know, people get involved in it, and then they get to drinking, and after they have a couple, then they start to lose their um, need to keep count. Right. <laughs> Your counting becomes impaired. Yes. <laughs> Your neurological ability to count becomes impaired. Well, and people, um, a lot of swimming pool accidents are related to the same thing, where they misjudge the, the whether it's safe to dive at this depth yes. of water or oh, they, yes. they crash into the side. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get through all six of them, but when we come back, we'll continue. And always remember your sunscreen. With that dilation of your blood vessels, it's going to be even easier to get a sunburn. Thanks for listening. Hang in there. Number Perhaps four you are struggling to... ...to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. 
Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. I'm Dr. Susan Blank, and this is America's Web Radio. Today, David Donaldson and Michael Daly and myself have been talking about the kickoff for summer and how to have a safe and sane summer. And we're talking about um, six pointers about how to drink safely. Again, this only applies to people who don't have the disease of addiction because there's no safe amount of alcohol for anyone who does have um, the disease of addiction. Um, Number four on this list I think is pretty self-evident, but... While we think about it at sporting events, and often there's a little booth where you can sign up to be the designated driver, and they'll give you free sodas for the night with the little card because you're going to be the designated driver. Um, We often think about if we're going to dinner or we're going out to um, other kinds of activities about who's going to be the designated driver or how we're going to get home. We don't always think about when we've gone to the beach or we've gone to the pool or we're um, attending an outing um, where public transportation may not be so easily available and it may be harder to get um, a rideshare person to come get you. We don't always think about who's going to be the designated driver to get us home. So please, please consider that. Who's going to be your designated driver and make sure that that person is aware that they've been nominated. Don't make it just the last person who gets there. And because they were late for the event, they are now the designated driver. Rarely works. So make sure that you really do think about that because often it can be difficult. If you're out in the woods or if you're up at a lake, you may not be able to get... Um, a taxi or someone else to come and get you Mm -hmm. and never drink and drive never 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 and so in particular if you are hosting the event being mindful that there is there needs to be a designated driver and maybe having some some nice smart water for that person or some (laughs) other um, non-alcoholic drinks available for that person so that they can relax and have a great time as well very very important and and something to to really think about because like I say I think most of us think about that in other situations but not necessarily going to the beach all day or the pool all day definitely because at least in in 
our area, Uber and, and Lyft and, uh, and those other rideshare companies are very available, and, and they really have changed um, people's behavior when it comes to going out right. and having a nice evening. People plan on, on taking a rideshare on their way home regularly. But as you say, when you're up at the lake... Or at the beach. Or, or at, at the beach. And, and sometimes... Um, even even in our areas, if it's a particularly um, busy weekend, for example, the holiday weekend, right. when you do call a ride share, sometimes it, it takes much longer than anticipated. And then the person that, you know, is really um, the one that needs it the most is oftentimes the most impatient. And, and impaired. And impaired. <laughs> and not recognizing that they're really... Should, should not, not be driving. driving, right. So it it's really important. And so number five on our list is stay aware because it is those kinds of situations. You yourself may have paced yourself, um, kept yourself hydrated, done things to be, um, uh, to be cognizant of your good health and to decrease your risk of having um, an injury or an illness related to... Um, heat stroke or other kinds of problems are related to your drinking, but other people may not be, and it may be that you need to to take care. The other thing that I've noticed, particularly at family events, is often parents kind of forget their parents, (laughs) and especially if they've had something to drink, they may not be keeping as close a watch on their children. and Young I've seen a, a number of situations where people, you know, kids have wandered off and fallen into the pool or um, other kinds of situations that are just really bad. And it's not that they're bad parents, but under the influence of alcohol, often they cannot be necessarily attending as closely their kids are going to get sunburned, and their kids are going to walk out in the street. So being um, being aware of what's going on around you and who may need help. Um, also, just being aware of we don't get into a car, or we shouldn't if someone's been drinking. We wouldn't trust a driver of a car. Um, if they've been drinking, but how many people get in a boat with someone who has been drinking and who is now driving? And, David, you mentioned this in the first segment, that many boating-related accidents and fatalities are associated with alcohol use. So we have this sense of... um, of propriety when we are thinking about a drunk driver in a car, but we may completely miss this person who's intoxicated driving the jet ski that you're going to get on the back of or something. So you need to just be really aware of the people around you and who is safe and who is not and be prepared to uh, make good choices for yourself. And speak up. And speak up. Speak up and say, hey, no, you don't need to drive, I'll drive. Right. Or kids maybe don't get in that boat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's not going to be a safe one. So there are extra precautions, and um, in general, which is number six, life jackets. 
I know they're ugly. They mess up your tan lines. They don't necessarily uh, look most attractive. Some of them even smell a little funky, especially <laughs> the first time out for the season. But wear life jackets. Make sure kids have them on. And if people are drinking, that they're going to be swimming or water skiing, other kinds of boating things, make sure that they have that on. And again, when people have been drinking, they misjudge distances. They're not as coordinated. They need to be careful around grills and fire pits and other kinds of uh, activities that could be potentially dangerous, particularly if you're not paying as close attention or that you're under the influence. Disasters, not just the burned hamburgers. There's certainly plenty of stories of people where they're spraying the lighter fluid to get the fire going, not safe anyway, and right. ever. <laughs> For some of us pyromaniacs, it's kind of fun, but still not safe. Still not safe. And you have to be careful. You really do. Eating often. We talk about um, being hydrated and drinking water often, but you also, especially if you're going to be drinking fluids and alcohol, you need to be eating food and letting that be part of how you pace yourself. Um, there is an interesting suggestion that you set an alarm on your um, on your watch or your smartphone uh, to let you know when it's time to reapply sunscreen because the sun burns are not only unpleasant, unpleasant, but we uh, we are seeing an increase in the number of people with skin cancers. Now, most skin cancers are benign, like um, basal cell or squamous cell skin cancers. They're unsightly, and they can be disfiguring, but they're not necessarily going to kill you. But we're seeing a dramatic increase in multiple, or in my, um, malignant melanoma and it is this particular skin cancer that is deadly mm -hmm. people die from it it's often rapidly progressing and um, so using your sunscreen even though it screws up you're making a vitamin d you can take vitamin d from milk or a supplement but you need to use your sunscreen and be careful and most importantly, and most people don't think about it, you need to wait 48 hours before you drink alcohol again. If you have been drinking outside in the sun, because it's going to take you that long to get your, um, your rehydration, your electrolyte balance back in normal, and your body to recuperate. So, real important six tips um, to be careful about. You guys are smiling. Let's go. Well, on. we're just smiling, I think, <laughs> because for for a holiday weekend for somebody that drinks and I mean you know not uh, not a not a little one not one glass of wine uh, every two hours or something but somebody that drinks they of course are going to drink the next day and the next day and the next day. That's so just I was, what I was just we do. If they're able to follow that, that's any of those guidelines. Then they definitely are not. They are not people one of that our, belong to One of our to potential <laughs> clients at the Atlanta Healing Center. I, 
I'm so sorry. Um, making sure that um, you're very careful about not just um, boaters under the influence because they can certainly uh, not only cause accidents, they can lose their bearings and get lost, but just remember some of the most dangerous times to be on the road are during holiday weekends. Mm -hmm. The long holiday weekends are notorious for people driving in parts of the country that they're not used to. They may be visiting from another state or another city. They get lost. They make crazy lane changes. They may also be under the influence, and it's much more likely that they're under the influence than at other times and under the influence during the daytime. Right. We often think about the risk at night, but because of summer daytime drinking, daytimes are not a whole lot safer. And I, th- I think in particular, to take some time to talk about teens um, in, in summer safety, yes. because in particular, many, many teens will have their first experience with alcohol during the summertime, their first experience with marijuana during the summertime, and they often will also have their first experience driving in the summertime. So we have a lot of firsts that should never go together, right. but <laughs> regularly do. Right. Um, and there'll be, even though most states have laws where teens can't drive with other teens until they have a certain level of experience, six months or whatever, we know that that many teens are, are getting their license and picking up their friends and, and having all of these firsts during the summertime. And right. often they're at home. Younger kids are frequently at sleepover camp or day camps, um, sometimes in childcare situations. But we have a lot of, of tweens and teens that are now latchkey kids all day long mm-hmm. because parents are working and um, more difficult for teens to be able to get jobs these days. And Frankly, many of them don't want jobs, but that's another show for another day. Um, But they may now have access to the family liquor cabinet. They may have um, access to uh, prescription medications, uh, other kinds of substances that they find in the home that the family, the parents think have They've hidden them very well. Trust me, you can't hide anything from a teenager who's home from school all summer. There is nothing safe. There is nothing sacred. There is no part of your closet, your drawers, the attic. There is nowhere you can hide things that these kids will not find it. Trust me, (laughs) they will find it, and kids will pour out some of the liquor, refill it with water. Um, They'll do all kinds of things, but they may be drinking during the day. They may be driving or being with their friends or using drugs. So, again, the be aware is also be aware of what's happening at home. Right. It's dangerous. And and over the weekend, we were driving back from, uh, well, on the road from Athens to Atlanta. And I mentioned um, as we were driving that Almost every year we hear of a tragic accident where it's either, you know, four seniors or kids that are on vacation or college kids. But generally in this season there's always some type of um, usually a, a major fatal teenage, teenage fatality. fatality. 
and it's horrible. And there are graduation parties, and there are proms, and there are all kinds of events. And we see this, and we see these these kids dying tragically. And again, alcohol very often part of the mix. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about if you're hosting a party, how to be safe. Please stay tuned. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Live closer to your food source. Learn how to grow it yourself. Please join me every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern on America's Homegrown Veggie Show for tips and advice from the country's best gardeners. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. This is Detailing Addiction. This is America's Web Radio, and I'm Dr. Susan Blank. And I want to especially thank Michael Daly and David Donaldson for being here with me today as we talk about how to have a safe summer and how to um, be aware of some of the risks. Many of us will be hosting activities. And if you still are willing after this next segment, then my best of luck to you. Because I found this wonderful article that was actually from um, uh, the Victoria State Government, which is one of the um, states in Australia. And this was a book on how, or um, uh, an article on how to party safely. And I um, just want to <laughs> to read you um, this first sentence: party risks. Um, Risks include drinking too much, alcohol poisoning, drug overdose, illegal drug use, drink spiking, drink drunk driving, unsafe sex, sex and other violence, uh, injuries from falling over, being pushed or hit, gate crashing, i.e. people being um, showing up who were not invited, being arrested, and social media problems, such as photos of your drunken or sexual behavior or your guests. 
Yes. So if after that list of potential risks for hosting a party, um, if you still want to host, we're going to talk about how to manage some of this because it really is um, pretty serious. We think about the, the joys of seeing family and friends and sharing time together and celebrating all kinds of national holidays or graduations or birthdays or whatever, but we don't necessarily think about the risks that can happen as we are hosts of parties and as we are inviting people to our home, even if we're really clear, no drugs, no alcohol. I can promise you that there is a risk that there may be some guests either invited or uninvited who will not respect your wishes. Well, and another thing that when when you mentioned this list and you were going through it, um, it's really kind of shocking how many times the police will use social media to incriminate a person or, or you know they're self-incriminating but they'll they'll find it so right. if you hear of, of kids that are on parole or probation and it says no drinking or no using and they'll be photoed in a social media photo with a with a beer in their hand right and then they and wonder why they get yeah and tagged and dated and timed and <laughs> you know these their probation officers are checking the social yes, media of their list of people that they have it's it's amazing how people forget that social media is out there and it's for use by anyone and now their computer systems are doing all the checking for them so they don't it's not a lot of work for them to be able mm-hmm. to look that with stuff image up. and right. facial recognition. I love the next sentence in that article where it basically says, if you're drinking or using or your guests are, you are not in control. So no matter how much you think you're throwing this really safe party, if, if there's people becoming intoxicated or if they're using other substances, you really don't have control over what's about to go on. And the party can get out of hand. The other thing is if you have teenagers and you and your spouse... Um, or a significant other may be thinking about leaving for the weekend. Um, there may be parties being hosted at your home that you are not aware of. So <laughs> um, real important to keep close tabs on that because you are legally liable, whether right. you're home or not. Whether you brought the illegal drugs into your home or not, into your car or not, Um, while in the state of Georgia and several other places, if you are a parent and you are there and you give permission to your child to drink, I can't imagine why you would, but you can legally, you cannot allow other people's children to drink in your home. Right. You are that is illegal and you can be held criminally liable for that. So And even if the this is really bizarre, but say the friend of someone whose parents write that it's okay for them to drink, you're still responsible for right. them. Because their parent is not there overseeing and supervising that consumption of alcohol, you are responsible. And it says a parent in their own home. Right. And remembering that the, the legal age to drink is 21. Right. Not 18, not 16, 21. 
this creates a lot of um, a lot of difficulties because sometimes again you're hosting a party you're trying to oversee a lot of things and kids are going to be kids and they may be sneaking drinks and uh, but again if you are hosting the party you are liable if you become aware that a child under the age of 21, they may not look like children, but they're under the age of 21, has become intoxicated, so you're responsible to make sure that they get home, whether you drive them, whether you call their parents to come get them, whether you put them in an Uber, pay for it and get them home, and that you alert their um, responsible adult that um, this has happened and that you are sending them home so that you have covered all of your bases Mm -hmm. in terms of not being um, responsible or liable for a a horrible, unfortunate activity. And it can happen. People will spike drinks. Even at parties and social events, you need to be careful that you don't leave your drink unattended and watch out. People do think it's hilarious to put um, hallucinogens into somebody's drink or date rape drugs, and it is not hilarious. Well, and, and even with all of the number of edibles that are sold in some of these states that have uh, recreational um, marijuana or or medicinal, Mm -hmm. I mean, they can be, you know, you don't even know that you can't taste the difference between what a regular gummy gummy and a spiked gummy. gummy. Right. From my understanding, people are, are, you know, saying that it's... And it's funny on TV, but not so funny in real life. Right. Right. And can be, again, um, very, very dangerous. Also, when people are under the influence of drugs or alcohol, tempers can flare, people can get in fights, um, and this can be anywhere from a domestic scene of one spouse wanting the other spouse to go home because they're being obnoxious to um, groups of kids getting mad at each other and and really raising um, a a lot of commotion to damaging property and injuring people. Right. So having um, a list is really recommended of your local um, uh, 911 numbers, but not just the 911, but maybe your local police, um, also hospitals, ambulance, um, and uh, uh, driving um, rideshare yes. opportunities for people so that you can make sure that you can quickly have access. It's hard to think about all the details that you have in putting together a party, like are the hors d'oeuvres going to be on time and you know who's going to um, take the cake out of the oven. But to think, I've got to also have a list of all of these emergency right. numbers. You're, but it's really important. You're thinking of the social aspect of being the, the best host or hostess, um, meaning you're mingling and that type of thing. But there is a lot of responsibility that comes along with that, that when you're mingling sometimes is when it happens. Right. And um, sexual assault is something that does happen sometimes at parties that get out of hand. And uh, if someone is intoxicated, they can't give consent, and you need to be aware of that. And um, 
Also, they may not be taking the best precautions. Under the influence, it may seem like a really good idea mm-hmm. and um, something that could be really fun, but um, there's a lot of unintended consequences uh, that can happen. So being aware of how to keep your guests and yourself safe, very, very important. The, um, the difficulty with summertime in particular is that a lot of the drinks that are associated with summer uh, often have high sugar, high alcohol, high carbonation, um, highly carbonated contents. When that happens, that increases the uptake of alcohol into the bloodstream. And so even if it's a standard drink in that you haven't added more alcohol than usual, you may be increasing the uptake of alcohol, and people can become intoxicated more quickly. What, what is that popular beverage um, that is um, fermented? Kombucha. Kombucha. Okay, kombucha, we should warn people that, you know, when it's when it's fresh off the um, – production line and bottled it's at one alcohol content but if it sits in your um pantry or hot car or hot car um for a minute it will change the alcohol content very quickly continues to ferment and so if you're drinking that and you take a bottle or a can of that outside and it's sitting in the hot sun and you're sipping on it you are actually consuming more and more alcohol the last drink is going to have more alcohol in it than the first part of that drink Mm -hmm. i mean the last sip so it continues to ferment which is something that many people are not aware of just remember that um summertime can be full of all kinds of wonderful experiences you need to plan ahead to make sure that you and your guests can enjoy a safe sane sober summer thanks for listening we'll see you next week on detailing addiction you're listening to america's web radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com thank you for listening